Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, all afresh upon us. Spirit of the living God, melt us, mold us, and use us. Spirit of the living God, all afresh upon us again today. Amen. So there's been various points in my life where I've thought to myself, if this was a film, the credits would roll right about now. It's moments where life's symmetry and the storyline seem to come to a nice close, and maybe I've seen one too many films in my life, but it's like, okay, this is where the director would say cut, and it would end. One of these moments happened to be this summer. I had just spent three years at seminary, writing papers, taking exams, memorizing vocabulary, going to chapel services, internships, and hospital runs. And at that point, I had walked across the stage, I had my diploma in hand, and I was sitting in my car ready to drive away. I was blessed that that storyline had come to a close and there was a job waiting for me here in Michigan. To fully grasp the gravity of this situation for me and my own storylines, it's not just a three-year storyline of the years I spent in seminary, but it started when I was 12 and I had looked my youth pastor dead in the face and said, I'm going to steal your job one day. And a decade and a half later, it looked like I was going to make good on that promise. And so, I was sitting behind the wheel of my car. The GPS was set for Michigan. The tank was full of gas. My entire life belongings were stored in the car behind me. And my only thought was, you did it. This is it. This, this is it. This is when the credits roll. And I put a song on that I thought would match the film at that point. It had to be something that had the gravitas to, for the weight of the moment, but also to match the spunk of my personality. Maybe your all's minds don't work the same way as mine and view your life through the lens of film, but I sense that this kind of feeling is familiar to a lot of you high points in life where the sense of gravity and completeness come together, where wholeness meets contentment, and life just has a certain symmetry to it. An end, a beginning, a moment where life seems to pivot upon, and you know that everything after that moment will be different. Sometimes, like in my case, it was graduation and getting a job. For other people, it was their I do's or the birth of a child. Others, it hits the moment that they decide to go on a path of recovery or the path to forgive someone in their life. It can be one morning when you wake up and you realize that the grief and the pain of loss doesn't hurt quite as much. Or the, the day you decide to stop listening to the media and decide that you are worth something and you're going to love yourself anyways. The decision to let go of toxic relationships or leave a bad situation. Or the moment you decide to hold on to something because you realize it meant a whole lot more than you realized. All of these moments can be pivotal moments where you realize that everything after this will be different. 
What are the moments in your life that are like this? Moments of gravity where you knew everything would change. Christmas is without a doubt one of these moments in the story of God, a moment where the church pauses for a day and celebrates that everything after this is different. A moment when after centuries of waiting, the people, they sense something is happening and God decides to join us, walk alongside us, participate in our lives, even when it means the pain and the suffering that we experience. And we have just spent a month getting ready for this with Advent. And we celebrated it. We celebrated it all day long on Christmas Eve that we have been waiting. And it's easy to believe that after that day, that the screen goes black, black and the credits roll. See, the sneaky thing about some of these pinnacle moments, those instances where everything changes, those feelings of the grandeur of it only last so long. And then we so easily feel like the credits are rolling or like we need to hit to the next episode. We're waiting for the next high moment. We can make a resolution to change and this is about the time when we're setting our resolutions. But we also know in the next instant our old habits are gonna smack us in the face. We start new jobs, which is exciting, and then we fall into new routines and get back to the grind. There's relapses and moments where you know it's too hard to keep forgiving that person every single day. And moments where the symmetry and the wholeness just doesn't look the same and things are off balance again. We step back into the fast-paced current of life and our resolutions, our pivots, our big changes become a part of a new normal, and we start to wonder where the balance was to begin with. For me, as I drove away from seminary, that like pivotal moment of gravity lasted for three songs. <laughs> I had three songs for my credits and my celebration, and then after that, that's when the realization that I still had 10 hours to go before I could unload my car. I had a lot of bathroom breaks and food stops to hit, and I settled into my chair and turned on an audiobook. It was almost too big to hold for too long. So I suspect a similar thing happened with Elizabeth, but especially Mary and Joseph. There was so much anticipation for these children, I mean, they have the unusual stories of their conceptions. They have visitors from angels, cross-country road trips, and crowded quarters. They experience prophecies and visits from angels and shepherds. They even got the angelic chorus. And then's the next day. Food still has to be made. Dishes need to be cleaned. I can guarantee you baby Jesus still woke up his parents wanting to be fed at two o'clock in the morning. And this little savior needed his bath as well. And I can, my imagination goes to a scene where the mother of God, tired because she can't get any sleep, as all new parents have those moments, 
She hands our newborn savior off to Joseph so she can get a nap. A nap that new parents can especially appreciate. Life continues. Life carries on. And this is where our story picks up today. Eight days after Jesus is born. We're not quite at the eight-day mark, but we're about there. And I can only imagine how tired Mary and Joseph are as first-time parents. And they are good Jewish parents and are doing what the law requires of them, and they're going to the temple with little baby Jesus. Many of you know what it's like traveling with infants, and it's not fun. So I can imagine their sleeplessness, their tiredness. They're trying to get all the required things done at the temple to make sure that they have the right things at the right places to the right people, and they're still running on next to no sleep. And it's at this moment, their tired, devoted parents trying to do the right thing, that their story slams into another one of two people who have also been waiting. First, they encounter Simeon, a man who God promised to show the Savior. And he is ready, and he is willing, and he is open to the Lord, and came to the temple knowing that today was going to be the day. And then there is the prophetess Anna, a woman with a difficult life who lives at the temple now. And they encounter what I can only imagine being two sleepy parents to remind them of why they waited. Their excitement and exaltation and prayers and blessings go back to before they were sleepless and tired to why they were waiting to begin with. The purpose of the child. And what better way to a reminder of why you have waited than people who are still excitedly waiting because they still know and have a clear image that everything after this moment will be different. The only thing is, the credits roll for the story we have on the page, and we don't know what happens afterwards. I want to know if whether waiting, after having waited and seen, if Simeon passes away in his sleep that night knowing that the word of God had been fulfilled. Or did he live for a few years longer knowing that the Savior had come but not quite seen anything in the world change yet? I want to know what happened to the prophetess Anna. Does she still live in the temple? Does she still prophesy over children? Or do her words run dry after having met the child Christ? From there, the family returns home to Nazareth, and they begin the work of raising a family. Yes, they have been reminded that like everything they know is about to be different. But they're also in the process of settling into a new normal, getting used to a new rhythm. And I wonder how easily they are holding on to the angels and the prophecies and all the excitement of the season. So we are now past Christmas here. 
The season of waiting is over. We're in the post-Christmas season and Jesus has been born and we can celebrate the child with us. Presents have been opened. Hopefully by this point the wrapping paper has been collected and discarded. Gadgets have found their way into our homes. Hopefully their chargers have enough outlets and they have their official charging stations. Clothing has been worked into the wardrobe and trees are beginning to be taken down, stowed ornaments in their boxes and being put away. It's easy to see God when you're waiting. In Advent, it seems like we're searching for Jesus around every single corner. So after we've waited, how do we keep the holy mystery alive in our life? So it's been about six months since I made that road trip to Michigan. A road trip that for me changed everything. My life looks entirely different than it did six months ago. And yet, I know I've settled into a new normal. I have my own rhythms that I keep to. But I, while I was writing this sermon, I was sitting on my couch in the corner of my apartment where you can see about every end of it. And a glimmer of that excitement came back. That, that wonder and mystery and symmetry of, holy smokes, this is what I've been working for. It may be simplistic, but it was the realization that my new normal was once an aspiration that I, I hoped would come to pass. Kind of like Simeon and Anna helped the Holy Family remember what they were waiting for, I had that moment with this sermon. Even with the new routines and the fast-paced life, sometimes it's a little bit of a shock or sometimes a quiet whisper to rock you out of your sleeplessness and remember what you had waited for. We can all recognize that the jobs we have and the degrees we earned were some, at one point in our life, aspirations we were working for. Even though loss still hurts, you can look back and see how you've made improvement and it doesn't hurt as much as it did. And even when we go back on our forgiveness, we can still reflect and see that we're better at forgiving than we were. And we still may have days where we dislike ourselves, but we can still look back and see that we've made a lot of progress with holding ourselves as people of value. And we can celebrate relationships mended and recoveries that are not straight lines but have still made progress. These are all things that we can recognize that things are different. These, the pivotal points still hold gravity if we take time to reflect on them. That we know that the Christ child upset everything and changed everything at Christmas. God with us. And we just need to search out God now in the new normal of our lives after the wait. So maybe the secret of finding God after we have waited is just remembering what we have waited for and hoping that at some point we run into our own Simeons and Annas to help remind us 
and help remind others. To the glory of God. Amen.